I didn't help myself out at all. And instead I was constantly searching for someone to tell me, Jamie, you've done enough. You can relax. You can be with your family. You can take a day off. But I felt like if I took a day off, it was a weird lie that I was believing in my own head that if I took a day off, if I stopped working so hard, everybody would leave, everyone would leave and it would all just disappear and I would be worthless. Welcome to Hot Marriage Cool Parents. Oh, I feel like rookies right now because we just recorded a bunch. Yeah. We just did three minutes and it didn't hit. Re- I didn't hit record. Yeah, but what we were saying. <laughs> um, no, so welcome to Hot Marriage Cool Parents. We are so pumped, of course, to have you here. We were recently at in Nashville for their family made event. That's yes, we pot- were experts, expert panel yeah. of parents. And I was like, are we really experts? Because I don't feel like an expert at parenting at all. We were definitely the crazy ones on stage. Yeah, we were, I feel like a crazy person more than an expert, like flying by the seat of my pant. Yes. (laughs) The hot marriage, cool parents. I don't know if anyone's ever caught on, but it's really (laughs) just a joke. (laughs) Completely ironic. (laughs) Yeah, it's uh, dripping with sarcasm because we're trying real hard to keep our marriage hot and our parenting cool. But uh, That's right. One day we're going to get there. Uh, but what I was saying though was backstage at that uh, at that event, one of our one of our friends came up and she her name was Melody and she said, "Hey, you know, like I love your podcast. It's so great. You're so raw and real. But is it every week? Like I, I was going every week and then I and I'm like, wow, you actually noticed that we skipped a week? Like yes. that yeah. was the biggest compliment ever. I was like, geez, thanks. Like yeah, we we have which had- is a sobering reminder, you know that." Doing this, we want we want to make sure that you know we're keeping you guys informed, and you know we're we're speaking to you and giving you our you know kind of like a fly on the wall type of uh, podcast. And you do notice when we're yeah, not there. I don't think that's a why you say sobering because reminder. because sometimes when you're just looking into two cameras, one two, um, and speaking into a microphone, staring at the wall, you don't necessarily realize the some of the impact that you have and the people that are listening and the people that look forward to hearing the show and it's a it's it is a nice reminder it really is and that's truly the reason that we do this is because of you who come up to us in the streets or backstage at this event or wherever and or leave messages or, or leave notes yes or reach out to dms or you know send in your reviews or whatever like i mean that's that is the only reason the whole reason that we do this to be fully transparent we don't make a lot of money off of podcasting but there's something about being able to connect with you on a bit more of a intimate personal level I feel like video is probably the most personal but podcast is a a nice second and like I don't know it just does feel very very like more personable and so when Melody came over and said oh you know like I see that you're not posting I was like wow you really are listening to us like thank you that means the world to us but also I was like Doug we've got to do better I mean we have had really busy lives so we were in um, Memphis a couple weeks ago for our St. Jude charity event obviously huge supporters of St. Jude then we were in Nashville for the family made event where we had our speaking our very first speaking opportunity which I'm really thanking Jesus for yeah and And, Halloween in between yeah but then you know and then this weekend we're going to LA and on top of all of that we have two kids with no family around or friends really like we're still building our community yeah, here we got some friends now we have some friends but no one that we I could say call we got a, I, I say we have at least two people that 
we can call for like an emergency, but it's not like I can be like, Hey, can you go grab the kids? You know what I mean? Like there's something, there's something about having a community where you're like, Oh, can you go? I'm running late. You got, can you go just grab my kids real fast? And I'll However, pick them up. Somebody did give me that honor a couple of weeks ago. Oh yeah. That was a great Somebody honor. did give me that. We're honor. getting there guys. We're getting there. So <laughs> we're making friends. Yeah. So Doug, our daughter was at a Halloween event in our neighborhood and Doug plays tennis with someone in our, in our neighborhood. And he said, Hey, Oh, you know, his wife was out of town and mm-hmm. he said, you know, he was tied up at dinner and he said, do you mind bringing my son back yeah, to the restaurant? Now? And Doug was like, me? 100% oh, yeah. yes. Yeah. yeah. And no we're like, question. oh, wow, we're making friends. Like they yeah. trusted us enough to, you know, and it's not like it was a far drive or anything, but that's what I'm talking about when, about community and family that I have been like yearning for and longing for and praying for and meditating because you don't realize how great it is until you don't have it. And you don't realize how lonely life can be when you don't have that, when you don't have someone that you can just go and chat with about everything and anything and they actually care what you have to say. And And the thing, well, the thing that was different is when we think back, I want to say for the last five years of our lives or six years of our lives, we lived in a house in New Jersey that didn't really have neighbors. We were on a main road. The one neighbor to our left uh, wasn't necessarily a neighbor. Neither was the one to the right. And then they didn't talk to us. Yeah. There was a really friendly neighbor that was behind us over the fence that, you know, that we got together with maybe a handful of times, but it wasn't a community. It wasn't. And then when we first moved to Florida, we bordered on a elderly community. I mean, they were all retired. And we barely saw any kids walking around. Yeah. And we're 15 minutes away from our, from the house to where Henley goes to school and Hendrix goes to school. So there was no run-ins. There was no just like, oh, hey, you want to stop over, pop by, you know, and we haven't had that until we got into this community. Yeah. And, that's and so- been the- difference maker. The biggest message that I want to share with you is that if you're struggling to find your people, I mean, it's funny because on the outside looking in, I'm like, I feel like I see nobody who's struggling to find their community. I feel like everybody is like, you know, you got your community at, whether it's at work or at school or sporting events. And I'm like, am I the only one? There's so many people that work from home now. But then we realize through sharing on the podcast or even on Instagram and whatnot, that we aren't the only ones. We're all just really good at disguising it. Like pretending like, you know, we have our friends, our family, our social life (laughs) and all the things. And so if you're the person that's kind of disguising it and you're like, wait a minute, my cheeks are turning red and she's calling me out. Don't worry. Like we're just here to help you because, and to make you feel less alone because I know it's so isolating and it's so depressing to be on like, like it's anxious. Like I got so anxious trying. I mean, I'm literally at the playground with my kids trying to like get a mom's number, like trying to pick her up. Like you have done that. I have literally done that. And I've like been like, Oh, you want to get, I mean, I was way too (laughs) eager and she never responded to me. So it was like, it was a different situation though, because Henley wasn't necessarily in school. Like, you know, yeah, but everyone says, Oh, wait until they're in school. Then you're going to meet all your mom friends. So I've been waiting and waiting and waiting. And don't get me wrong. I did meet a couple. I met a couple friends, but it's, it's not, it's, it's still not quite. It's not automatic. Yeah. It's not automatic. You know, if, if your kids aren't in the clubs afterwards and everything, it's, it's definitely not automatic. Yeah. But so today I want to share with you a big revelation that I've had that is good news. I feel like we have had. I don't know. I feel like it's been kind of, well, not necessarily bad news upon bad news, but. Well, well let, let's, 
Let's give a five-star review shout out yes. before you get into your... Yes. Thank you so much that. for those of you leaving those five-star reviews yes. because it keeps us going. And for those of you who come up to us, I can't say like how many people came up to us when we were in Nashville and we're like, Jamie and Doug, oh my yeah, gosh. Yeah, it was really cool. And I in was the like, airport and everything. And that's the thing about community is like, I feel like I've done a great job at community, like at building a community, like via this podcast and online and stuff. And I literally thrive off of it. I mean, as you can tell, I don't have a whole lot of friends in real life. So I really do like manage my own DMs and all the things and I'm like talking to you. And yeah, we, like, don't, we don't have a big team here. Yeah, helping. we don't. We're hoping one day to have one. Other than the podcast team. Yeah, we're really, we're really thankful for family made for helping us out but what I'm trying to say though is that like this is our community and it's nice to have it and what I realize is that you can't just have it online like you genuinely need to have it in person as well but it feels so good that I have like I realize I don't have nothing like I have you listening and that truly means the whole wide world to me and like when you come and say hello I'm like then it feels very real so thank you for being here thank you for saying like stopping and saying hi to us whenever you see us we really genuinely appreciate that yes and so this five-star review it's a it's a bit of a long one but uh, I feel like it's really powerful uh, and kind of speaks to the the previous or the most recent season that really we're in now um, so this one's from Mimi 2MCPM who writes, Doug and Jamie, I hope you read this, which is a great first sentence. That'll get us to read it, Um, let me tell you. Amazing. (laughs) But we do read all of them. (laughs) Um, I lost my cousin to an overdose two weeks ago on September 2nd, 2023. She died one day shy of her 40th birthday. I also lost my 15-year-old nephew to suicide three years ago in 2020. I've been struggling with some very difficult emotions the past week. I listened to your podcast, How to Find the Light in an Abusive and Seemingly Hopeless Tunnel, Your story about sitting in the bathroom looking at the razors as a young teenager hit me hard. You and Doug talking about addiction and mental health issues is exactly what I needed to hear. Your stories are eerily similar to mine. First off, can I say how grateful and how thankful I am you and Doug are back. I've missed your raw and heartfelt podcast. Drug addiction and alcoholism runs deep in my family. So does anxiety and depression. Listening to the stories of Doug's recovery and journey to sobriety has been so inspiring and helpful. Yesterday, I cried through your entire podcast as I listened to you share your story about your love for Jesus Christ. I love that you are not afraid to share your love for our Heavenly Father. You have no idea how much I needed to hear your words. I am a very positive and optimistic person. I truly believe that everything happens for a reason and that there's a purpose in all things. Even in our darkest days and nights, there is always something to be thankful for. I have been struggling with emotions of guilt the last week. I wish I could have helped my cousin but she was just too toxic and I had to separate myself from her. I couldn't invite the toxicity into my life. I had a husband and a family that come first. Her addiction was too much for me and I needed to focus on my family and provide a healthy and positive environment for us. I prayed for her all the time. I take comfort in knowing that my nephew and cousin both knew the Lord and accepted him as their Lord and Savior. Their souls are at peace and they are in his arms for all eternity. Thank you, Jamie and Doug, for being so transparent. Your words have truly helped me this past week. God bless you both. That is so deep and so heavy. And first of all, Mimi, I just want to say so sorry for all of your losses. Well, I think that that just goes to right to the topic. So today I was playing pickleball this morning and, um, 
I was sitting in the car and I'm like drenched in sweat. If you're watching this on video, you can probably <laughs> see we still have like sweat stains, but I'm like, we're, we're recording because honestly, Melody coming up to me backstage and saying, Hey, Oh, but it's not every week. And I'm like, we are, we are doing this. Like this is our community yeah. and I don't want to let you down. So here we are. I'm a sweaty mess, but here I am. And I wanted to just share because for the first time in literally almost four years, I really see a light at the end of the tunnel for myself. And when I hear about other people who have taken their own life or they died by an accident, an accidental overdose, you know, 10 years ago, I genuinely didn't get it. I, I mean, I was like, you know, I just didn't get it. I had never been, I mean, of course I had been suicidal when I was a teenager and I had some hard times, but it, I had never been to the extent of like what I was just in for this past four years with this postpartum depression. I don't even know if you call it that for four F and well, I mean, 10 years ago, people wouldn't share any of that really, or at least we wouldn't, you know, I, I know that there was, there's a lot of people that, that do not bring up mental health issues. Yeah, no, I mean, 10 years ago, I was embarrassed to tell Doug that I was on depression medicine because I was like scared he was going to judge me for it. I mean, there's been such a stigma and it's so taboo to talk about these things. And it's, I mean, it's really sad because then when you're in this state of feeling isolated and alone and worthless and hopeless and like so overwhelmed that you feel like it's just better to just escape. I mean, I remember, I can't tell you how many times I literally thought in my head, if I could just die for like two weeks, if I could be like hit and like stuck in the hospital for two weeks, like just to like catch my breath and breathe and have an excuse to not do anything. So for me, and I just realized this sitting in the car and I was like looking through my Instagram page and I was like, no wonder why I was so depressed, depressed and anxious and overwhelmed and overworked. So back to 2020 and COVID is here. I'm uber pregnant with Hendrix and no idea what's going to happen. My nurse friends, obviously I'm a labor and delivery nurse. So my nurse friends at the hospital were like, Oh, Jamie, there's a tent outside for the COVID patients. And I, and like, and then you could see in Manhattan, that they had the tent set up for the dead bodies. And I was oh. like, I can't go to the hospital and deliver my son. I don't want my son to die. I, I didn't know what would happen at this point. They didn't know if the baby yeah. would die from it. Well, and it was part that in part saying, you know what, if we're healthy, maybe we don't take up a hospital bed. Well, that it's a hundred percent that as well. Like that definitely made me feel better because knowing that we're healthy, but for a, lo a very large part of it for me was that I did not want to catch it. And I didn't want my son to catch it because either way, even if we didn't die, like we would be separated from each other. They were separating anybody who had it and isolating them for two weeks. I don't know if, if you remember that or not, mm -hmm. but yeah. I was like, I'm not, I can't be separated from my newborn. Like I'm nurse. I want to be nursing. Like this is, I just was like, I can't do it. I'm having this baby at home. And I, and then I started, I like went neat, like just full throttle researching. How do you have a baby at home? Like I know women have been doing it for like centuries and centuries. Of course you can have your baby at home. Does it seem the safest as a labor and delivery nurse? No, but the alternative would be he could potentially die. Like if he caught the COVID and we don't, we didn't like no baby had had it. Because so at was, that point you wanted to steer clear. Of I just hospital. didn't want to get caught. Like I didn't want to have COVID. I did not want my son to have it like mm. at all. And so I was like, okay, people have been doing this forever. The, the pregnancy is healthy. I was technically like advanced maternal age. Cause I think I was 35. So that was the only thing against us. But otherwise the pregnancy was healthy. We found a midwife. We did it. I literally filmed. Doula. 
Yeah, I well, we didn't have a doula, and I could say I one random tip for anyone listening who's ever considered Who was the other lady that was there. Then? She was her assistant, and she was technically a doula, but she I didn't hire her as an a doula as a doula, uh, so I didn't. She didn't act as my doula, but she put little glimpses of that glimpses of that in there for me. Was and I a doula? No, you. I had to scream. I was like, "Dog, where are you? You always disappear." That is like literally the worst because I know yeah. you're just probably maybe I don't know what your deal is. Maybe you were yeah. scared, overwhelmed. But I'm like, where's Doug? Where's Doug? Where's Doug? Like constantly wondering where he, I was. I was getting a Band-Aid for my thumb because you kept pressing your nail into oh, it. Oh, okay. Yeah. He complains that I like hurt his thumb. I'm like, do you know how my vagina felt? I know. Oh, I saw it. Uh, yeah. But needless to say, we're filming a TV show simultaneously. Plus I'm hosting Married at First Sight Unfiltered while I'm birthing my baby. And so looking back now, four years later, I'm like, well, that right there is enough to make someone real stressed. But it didn't end there. Like one or two, maybe three days later, I don't remember how how long later it was, I'm sitting, I like had to put on like a real, I mean, made myself look real pretty because we promised People Magazine that they would get the first pictures of our family. And so I'm like sitting for a photo shoot with like stitches in my vagina mm. and I'm sitting on this like donut thing. So hopefully my vagina doesn't touch and I'm trying to, you know, be all pretty and, you know, <laughs> happy about, and of course I was happy, but I was in so much pain. And there's another dynamic of just my daughter is now not the only one. So I'm trying to make sure she feels just as equally loved and as important and simultaneously COVID is still happening. So it's like yeah. having people in your house and making sure that they're not going to be bringing in that COVID because I avoided the hospital bed. And then, I mean, you know, we had an assistant live with us because yeah. we didn't want her to go home. Yeah. And then potentially time. bring back COVID to us for our baby. Yeah. Um, and so we, and we felt fortunate that we had one person that was, yeah. wi- that was willing that we, I mean, we had to pay of course a lot of money for that, but I mean, it was worth every dime in the yeah, sense. For and, sure. and so I know that, you know, so needless to say, looking back, I was like, oh my gosh. And not only did I shoot a photo, like a, a but not only did we that photo shoot for people magazine, but I had like 10 ads of different brands that I really liked. And that is the, how we support our family between like that and TV hosting and being on TV and whatnot. That is how we support our family. And so instead of me being a labor and delivery nurse at the hospital and getting that even six weeks maternity, like paid maternity leave, I had to keep working because there is no paid maternity leave when you're self-employed. And so I was sitting on my bed podcasting um, with those stitches in my vagina and mm-hmm. hurt like H-E-L-L. <laughs> I was taking the ads for different brands that I really, really love because I was also, Doug at this time is a stay-at-home dad. And so um, it was, you know. Was I? No, I wasn't. I know you weren't. That's no, right. You yeah. weren't. You did get paid mater- paternity leave though, didn't you? For like two weeks? Well, I just started. Yeah. I, oh, that, I that, just, no, that was with Henley. So you were already at this job. You're right. You were at this job, but you did get paid paternity leave and that did help us actually. Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, that helped a lot. But anyways, I still have to work because obviously I'm, I, I, and actually the point kind of now that I, four years later, I'm like, did you have to work that hard though, Jamie? Like who pushed you so hard to get all of that work done? It was really only me. I felt like, I just felt like, um, you know, when you live in a, a, a state of fear and scarcity, when there's this COVID, we don't know what's going on with the economy and the world. I was like, these are, these, this is opportunities that I have right now. I need to take it. I need to save, 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 because who knows what's going to happen in the future. And so every single opportunity, even though I really should have been 
like on bed rest, like my midwife told me at one point, she was like, you need to stay horizontal the whole day. Do not get up. And I just, I felt like I needed someone to tell me that, like that felt like more love and nurture than anyone else because businesses are just businesses. And so Married at First Sight, they wanted me to be hosting. They wanted me working. They wanted the content, you know, the ads that I promised that I would work with, they wanted their content. Of course, they're businesses. They just want to get this stuff done. And so I felt an obligation to get that done. I don't ever want to disappoint. I always, my motto is under promise over deliver always. Like if you do that, then you're going to get opportunities through the roof. And that has been my success. I feel like as I under promise over deliver, I will work when I'm nine months pregnant, I will work two days postpartum. I mean, I literally was working, pushing out the baby and I was proud of myself for that. And, you know, and like I said, I was just on Instagram looking back and I'm like, dang girl, like you wonder why you got so stressed and bogged down and depressed. And, and honestly, I look back and I'm like, who, like, was anybody looking out for me? Like no one was really looking out for me to be like, Hey, actually, do you think you're doing too much? Like you, well, uh, I'm going to have to respectfully disagree because anytime somebody like me tried to tell you that you should rest, you should, you should stop. You should say no. You didn't. You didn't listen. I, no one. I mean, other than you, Doug, who told me that I should try to rest. We didn't have. We didn't have anybody. Yeah. It was just us. And that's exactly what my point is, though, to myself and to everyone listening, to anyone who is like following this. Um, my point is this: you, I was expecting, I was hoping, I was begging for someone who loved me to tell me, "You've done enough." good job. You can rest. You don't have to keep doing this. Like, what is the purpose of this? I was begging for someone who loved me to tell me that. And, you know, Doug tried, I'm sure, like, honestly, I'm sure. And of course, many times. Yeah. But it's funny how like the people that you love the most and are the closest to you, you don't take their word as strongly. I don't know what I was looking for. Like, I think that I was I think I've always been longing for like a maternal figure or a paternal figure. And I really don't have either of those in my lives. And so I was looking for someone that I like with wisdom, who I respected, who was like, no, like this is what's best for you. Like you should rest. Like when my midwife was like, you need to stay horizontal because you're going to pull out your, you know, the stitches or whatever. And I was like, okay. Yeah. You didn't have a mentor. Yeah. And so Needless to say, what I want to say to you listening is that if you feel at all like that yourself, like maybe you don't have, you feel kind of like isolated and alone and you're working hard because that hard work is validating to you. Like it makes you feel like you have a purpose and that you're doing, you know, you're keeping your contracts and you're, you know, you're making money for your business and you're, or for the business you work for or whatever the case is. I want you to instead of looking for your mentor or someone who with wisdom and who you can respect to tell you like look for it internally because you're never ever ever going to find someone who will always be there for you because the second part of this is that as I got deeper and deeper and deeper into that depression and anxiety by overworking myself and like to a debilitating amount I mean I was literally filming Married at First Sight Unfiltered in my living room with my newborn baby, like while simultaneously recording those ads for Instagram. With a crew in our house. With a crew in our house and then flying out soon after that because they opened the studio. I mean, it was just 
nonstop work. And on top of that, we bought this house in uh, Florida. So I kid you not. And I didn't even share this on Instagram because I was a little embarrassed that I brought our, when did we go down? So Hendrix must've been 20. I know, but like we, Hendrix was born in May. Did we go down in August? So Hendrix was three months old and we flew down. I think it was four or six months. He definitely wasn't six. No, he was definitely, it was definitely August um, or September. So potentially yeah. four. Okay. Because I know because based on the baby stuff that I had prepared shipped there, oh, it right, was right, like right. all like he wasn't even close to crawling old, yeah. or even sitting up. Um, and all I, I had shipped to our new house in Florida, a mattress for us to sleep on sheets for us to like put on and like a, like linen essentially and baby material. And we had, we lived in a completely empty house while I'm trying to do all of that work. I mean, I didn't, I didn't help myself out at all. And instead I was constantly searching for someone to tell me, Jamie, you've done enough. You can relax. You can be with your family. You can take a day off. But I felt like if I took a day off, it was a weird lie that I was believing in my own head that if I yeah. took a day off, if I stopped working so hard, everybody would leave, everyone would leave and it would all just disappear and I would be worthless. Like I, I was very scared to become worthless. And so I kept working, I kept pushing through and I got sicker and sicker and sicker mentally and physically. I mean, my hair was falling out. I was literally bald. Like I couldn't, I couldn't even believe my eyes when I, like I didn't realize it until all of a sudden I was really like bald and I have pictures on Instagram if you've seen like like a big like two big bald spots on either side of my head and my face I mean this is when the rosacea started and I just my face was inflamed and I'm like drinking alcohol trying to get like to a, mo a moment to just relax and cope and and deal but yet I'm also saying yes to everything yeah. like all the opportunities and thinking my husband at this point I'm like thinking I had to shoot unfiltered in my house in Florida and so Doug took the kids out and I thought for sure Doug cheated on me because when he came back I mean I was, yeah, I was, was a stressful time in our marriage for I sure. yeah it really was and so the one person that you know, I didn't really trust anything you had to say because I felt like you were also cheating on me secretly because when he came back, I was, I was filming all day. So I, I was preoccupied. I had, I couldn't do anything all day. I mean, I'm literally on camera in my living room and Doug took the kids out to the park and whatnot while we were filming. Cause that was, I mean, that, well, because otherwise they have to be no. really, really quiet because we're shooting. And so he took him out and then he came back and there was a female's mask in our like face mask from COVID back when everyone wore off the face masks in our, in our car. And I was like, what the heck is a female's face? I was mask wearing it doing in our car. And he goes, I wore it inside. So he's and and you're just like, who's is that? But then there's makeup who's on the that? inside. And so I'm like, you're telling me that you wore this. Like that sounds like I a thought lie. it was yours. And so found out that, so I, I mean, I literally, when you're also already stressed and anxious and just mentally ill, I mean, there's no other way to say it. And there's different levels of that mental illness, but I was physically and mentally ill, like without a doubt. And I was just working harder and harder and harder because that was the only way that I could feel worthy and loved and accepted and valuable as as a human, you know, like that and, and like taking care of my children, like making sure I breastfed. I mean, I put a lot of pressure on myself to make sure yeah. I breastfed Hendrix for a full year and that Henley went to like the best preschool because I couldn't take care of her day in and day out. Doug was working. And well, part, so, well, part of it is, you know, um, you know, not so, well, I guess it could be gender roles, but you know, there's an added pressure on you when you're 
the breadwinner, um, when you have a past like you have, like you've, you've been poor, um, you've, been, you've scrounged for change, that's always been, you know, ever since I've known you, a huge fear of yours is, is going broke yeah. and being in that position again. And when you have so much, when you say yes to everything, it was like you were living on the edge of, if I don't do this, I'm going to be poor. Yeah, that is and you truly my thought. so much stress and pressure on yourself and would really not, not accept a lot of help. I felt like I couldn't, quote unquote, afford help, which is... I'm talking about from like, from me. Oh. Like there was no amount of help that I could do that that would take away any of your pressure that you put on yourself? Well, the problem is, is that the things that, well, that's not necessarily true because when I got, I got a certain collaboration that paid really, really well. And I was like, and Doug was working, you know, he would be working for 10 hours and I'm like, and he, you know, in full transparency, he made like, I don't know, a 10th of what I was making. And so I was like, Doug, if I get this paid, like this paid, this advertisement that I really, really love, I'm really excited about. If I get this, then can you please quit your job? Because I need help. I did ask for help. I mean, I was begging for help. I need help. And I, the thing is, is though I felt like I couldn't afford to hire help outside of the house. And I also didn't really want, I am from a very poor family. So like we didn't have, it was kind of frowned upon if you had like someone to help you with your housekeeping or someone to help you with your kids. Like you can't take care of your own kids and work because no one ever had the money for that. Like we, we, you would drop your kids off at daycare and then you could go to work, but you wouldn't have like a nanny come to your house because that was like foo-foo and like too like, um, like snooty kind of. And so I didn't, I was like embarrassed to, to, to say I needed that help. And so I was like, but Doug is the dad. So no one can be like, you know, like saying that I'm too snooty. If I was the manny. Yeah. And, um, so he did, he quit his job and, and that's kind of how he became a stay at home dad. Cause I was like, I just need the help. I mean, I was literally at that. I was at my breaking point so many times. And, but like all of this to say, looking back, the whole time I wanted some hero to come in and save me. I really did. Like I wanted someone and I, I mean, and Doug, I know you were there, but like, I didn't trust you. I, I thought for sure you were cheating on me because there was another time when I had my 35th birthday party and came back and there was these little thongs in my, in, our, in my, um, closet and I was like yeah, I How wear the much heck? bigger thongs than that yeah and so he's just cracking jokes like this but I'm like did he have some girl over <laughs> while I was gone and these are her thongs I thought for sure I mean I literally called our therapist and I never ever ever call her outside of like her working hours but it was like 11 o'clock and I thought our marriage was over and I mean it was an awful I love how you laugh like a, well, it was like I was living in the it, it's more of a just a frustrated laugh you know, because, and, and, you know, we could look back on it now, but it was like, it, it was, it was so, at the time it was so hurtful and, you know, I could imagine what it felt like for you, but for someone that has unequivocally and un, like just not even, not even had a shred of cheating in my DNA, nor would I cheat uh, on a marriage at all to to hear that and lose trust over something that in my, in my heart and in my fiber is just not part of me yeah, at but, all. 
There was and, a female's mask in the car when I was working all day. Which was the nannies. And nanny. then there was, I come back from this trip and there's a pair of black Victoria's yeah. Secret like lacy thongs in my underwear drawer. So let's just stop right here to thank our friends over at Honey Love for sending Jamie super sexy bras and shapewear. Honestly, I'm not going to lie. I genuinely love this shapewear. And actually, right when we were in Nashville, when we spoke on that panel, I was wearing the Honey Love because they have these, um, I think they're called bones, right? In the, in like, it's like basically. No, yeah, well, it's flexible boning on the side Flexible seams, boning. Yeah. And because they have that, or I'm not sure exactly what it is, but they don't, it doesn't ever like fall down on you. So they like. They won't roll up They or don't roll down. roll down or roll up. And it is the best because I don't know if you've ever been in shapewear that just like rolls down when you sit down and then your bulge is just like bulging even more. And you're like, okay, cool. That's not what I wanted. <laughs> and I'm not going to lie because while we were getting ready for the family made event, um, I was watching you get dressed in your shapewear and your bra. Thank you. And it was amazing. I mean, thank you. I got the queen brief, which I wore and I have to hand it to Honey Love, their whole team, because they really did figure out a way to compress the areas that need more support without sacrificing a woman's natural curves. But the best part is the flexible boning, like I was telling you, because it has it in the side seams, which makes it so it doesn't roll up or down. And I remember you raving about their bra just because it, it didn't have any underwire in it. Yeah, their bras are so comfortable. There's no underwire in it. And normally I can't wait to take off my bra when I get home because obviously like it's like digging into your side and stuff. But with <laughs> Honey Love, it's like it, it feels so good. Yeah, well, and they make you look super sexy. So for you listening right now, it is time to treat yourself with some bras and some shapewear. And right now, Honey Love has 50% off site-wide just by going to honeylove.com backslash HMCP. And like I said, I got the queen brief. So if you're looking for, I mean, it really is super flattering on and it looks great underneath your dress. I got it in the nude, so you can't even see it. Uh, some of the best bras and shapewear on the market and in my closet, but this offer is available this month only and inventory is limited. So don't miss out on their best deals of the year. You get up to 50% off site-wide by going to honeylove.com backslash HMCP. That's H-O-N-E-Y-L-O-V-E.com backslash HMCP. And after you purchase, they may ask, hey, where did you hear about Honey Love? And if you want to mention Hot Marriage School Parents, that'd be awesome, but you totally don't have to. Yeah, don't mention us at all. I mean, no big deal. You could just say something like, oh, I saw uh, the family made event. Doug and Jamie wearing it. Well, not wearing it. Doug, Doug, Doug wearing it. That would be interesting. (laughs) Doug did not wear it to be No. Although that would be really funny. Then you could feel the boning. It's really flexible and comfortable. But I wouldn't mind feeling your boning. Douglas, that is not the you time said it. or place. You said it. I said feel the Anyway. <laughs> the boning, not... <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> okay, anyways, let's get back to it. Yeah, like, which is from the luggage that... From one of the people at your party. And so here I am thinking that, you know, all right, this stems back to uh, a couple of years. And if you think your partner has cheated on you, how could you possibly show them all the love that you have if that's in the back of your mind. Yeah, no. And so here here we were a couple of years later and I'm you know just finding out about this and What do you, you mean know, just finding out about this? Like you like that you accusing me of cheating when the mask was in the car. You knew that I was accusing you of cheating then. No, I'm saying but then you bringing up when your old assistant was just like, "Oh, you should track him or follow him oh yeah because you know and then so from that point on it was just like so 
So this person's been thinking this whole time and had in the back of her head that I'm a cheater and I've been cheating on you. Yeah, so... Which was really, really hurtful. I mean, that is hurtful, especially if you didn't. But how did I know that you didn't? Because those were... Because you also did that thing that one time where you stopped at a gas station and followed someone home on the way to work to get a quote unquote charger. And I'm like, that doesn't, it's not adding up to text you. Yeah. Yeah. But that's weird. Well, it's neither here nor there, but it was, that was, that was probably the worst moment in marriage. That was definitely the worst moment in marriage. And so looking back over those years, uh, and you say, oh, but I was here for you. I was here for you. Well, I didn't feel like you were there for me. And I felt like I had absolutely nobody because they're, you know, your whole family always just sides with you. And that's to be expected because you're their son. And so if I even tried talking to them, it was pointless because they just always just side with you. And then, you know, my family, well, my mom, you know, God bless her, but she's just not around. And I, I really had, I felt, I genuinely felt like I had no one. And I still look back and I'm like, gosh, I really had no one but my therapist, I think, because even my assistant was only putting doubt in my mind about my marriage. And, and so. Which also led to our breakthrough with the therapist though, because through COVID, and I imagine this happened with a lot of couples and people, um, when you're not seeing people, when you're not interacting, when you don't have a community, when you don't feel like you have anybody, and all you have is the person that you're living with in the house. You're expecting them to be everything for you all at once. And it's not fair to that person. Well, what I was trying to get at anyways for all of this is that, well, like I said over and over again, is that I was really looking for someone to tell me, Jamie, you're loved, you're safe. It's okay. You can take a break. Uh, work, work on just your marriage. Like you you can take a, like, take a seat back. Like it's okay. But there was no one there to tell me that. And um, what I've come to realize now, four plus years later, and so it, or not four, but like three plus years, like three to four years later. And if you're listening and you recognize any of these symptoms where like you're physically and mentally exhausted and drained and, and honestly sick, and you're just pushing yourself, whether it's through work or, or it could be like whatever, however you get your validation, other than just knowing that you're valid just as you are. You know what I'm saying, though, like you're pushing yourself one way or the other and you're frantic and you're in your frenzy and you just can't quite catch that break. And you occasionally you catch up. Yeah. Like if you're there, the biggest thing I can my biggest piece of advice is to just stop and let yourself know that you can take a break. You have permission to love yourself and don't go out and try to find someone to give you that permission. Don't go out and try to find someone to love you the way that you are so desperately wanting to be loved. Learn to love yourself like that. Like look at a picture of yourself from when you're a little girl or a little boy. Look at that picture and keep that picture in your mind and just love that child. Because nine times out of 10, this is all coming from not feeling worthy, not feeling loved, not feeling good enough. And so you're trying to do and do and do and do to validate yourself. You're trying to get other people to like you and to love you and to validate you. But what you really need is to like you yourself, to love you yourself, to validate yourself. Because those other people, let me tell you, when you start going through these hard times, they drop like flies. I mean, when you start holding up boundaries, so that's another thing that our therapists help with. They were like, you know, find your people and they may not be your family members. And that was a, and that's okay. a revolution, like a revelation for yeah. me because I, I have been searching 
to like make Doug's family mine, to make my family even want to be with me. Like, and like, and I am just a different person. And for whatever reason, I feel like I, I jive well with people who are also like very, very driven and determined and hardworking and reaching for the stars and not wanting to doubt. Like, like I don't, we, we don't live a very like normal life in the sense that we don't have nine to fives anymore and we don't have set schedules. I mean, we're in Nashville last week and LA this week, you know, it's like not easy to relate to our family members really. And so they, there's no water cooler conversation. Yeah. And so, I'm trying to find my people who get that and who are like, who jive like that as well. And it's okay if it's not, you know, our family members, even though of course I love them to death. But what's interesting is that, you know, when the crap hits the fan and you're really, really sick like that, those people are not there for you. Like they were not there for me in the way that I was really needing and hoping for. And what I've realized now and what I really want to share with you, and I hope I've gotten it across is that, First things first is community and finding your people, even if it's not, you know, your current friends or family to hold up those boundaries. So if you know that you've done all you can do for a day and someone asks you for a little bit extra, it's okay to say no. Oh my gosh. Like, you know, there was this book. Um, I can't remember. I think it was like, I can't remember who wrote the it. Power but it was, of no. No, it was like, I said, yes, like say yes. And so you say yes to everything. It's like, oh, like, and then it was like this big thing that she finally, I'm like, I've already been saying yes to everything. And and, and it does, it gets you real far in life when you just believe in yourself and go out there, even when you don't believe in yourself. But man, the power of saying no, like to someone who's a yes girl and constantly wanting to people please. When I started holding up boundaries, I can't tell you how many quote unquote friends just dropped family like just don't want to talk to me at like when I start holding up personal boundaries that I just think are healthy it's not about being mean it's just that I can only do so much and I can't keep giving and giving I mean we were flying back home to see our family every other month and And, it was exhausting hours just to see them yeah I mean it was absolutely exhausting and so now that we haven't been flying back home and we say oh we're gonna go home x y and z we're like you can come to us and (laughs) been kind of like crickets and, yeah. and that's okay. Uh, we, but that's how, you know, you know, who really goes out of their way to be a part of your life and who wants to be with you. And I think that, and, and it's okay if they can't, if they, they don't want to, whatever the case is, that's yeah. okay. But then, then you know who your people are and you know who to invest your time with. And so it's really, really hard. And it's even difficult to share this now, like knowing that it's just so vulnerable, but I hope that this helps just even just one person understand that you can have boundaries and you're going to lose people that you think are, you know, you're very close with. But they're so important. You're going to. Boundaries are so important. There's boundaries are so important, but you are going to lose people when you start to have them, but that's okay. And don't give up. It's going to hurt more before it gets better. But then once you start finding the people who love you, despite your boundaries, who love you and your boundaries, you are going to thrive. And I am finally getting there. Like I am, I just sat in the driveway after playing pickleball and I'm like, wow, like I'm keeping a hobby even though I'm, you know, we're all over the map. I'm keeping a hobby. I don't need, I'm not seeking other people's approval. I'm like validating myself. And I'm, I I don't know. I feel so much better. And honestly, prayer and meditation and believing that you can get past this, this point of despair in your life. It is all so important. So I, I'm really, really proud of you. I think I genuinely, I mean, 
I know how hard that was for you and, and how hard you try to get people to be in your circle and I how mean, hard yeah. you try and go out of your way for people. Uh, I mean, you were probably one of the most selfless people that I know. And I'm just, it's like you've really turned a corner with how you look at life and where you are today as opposed to even just a couple of years ago. Like it's really remarkable. And I feel that prayer and that energy is totally different, but it's also so attractive to people that want to be around you. And it, it's a certain energy, but more importantly, you know, the feeling and the, the quote-unquote peace that I see happening in you is really, really refreshing, and I'm really proud of Thank you. Thank you. Honestly, it feels so good. And for so long, I, I was like, I don't know if I'm ever going to, like, how do people just feel happy? Like, yeah. I, I really you've just... Said, I mean, you've said that. I, a, I couldn't figure it out. I mean, I could never just... I was just never happy and and. Like, and I couldn't figure out why, because I have everything I could possibly want and need. I have, you know, especially compared to how I was when I was younger. I mean, I, we didn't even have a freaking roof that wouldn't leak. We didn't have heat in the winter. We obviously never had air conditioning in the summer. I mean, it was like a fan in the window. I mean, we, and now I live in a house that has like two air conditioners and heat whenever I need it. And a husband by my side that doesn't beat me or abuse me. Who's not in and out of jail. Like, I have two beautiful children. I mean, I, and I'm fortunate. I mean, clearly I'm, I know that I'm very fortunate. I'm living a life where I always wanted to be a TV host and I've hosted many, many, you know, seasons of different, you know, different stuff. And so I think that was another thing though, that got me was that in the midst of all of that happening with you, I, I stopped hosting Married at First Sight Unfiltered and not and like, and it was a surprise for me. If yeah, you, I was going to say you didn't stop. I you didn't. Were, st- I, I don't know how yeah. to say that gracefully. I was basically booted from Married yeah. at First Sight Unfiltered. That's not graceful. They, they went in a different direction. They went in a different direction and it was shocking to me. And that was my whole identity was Married at First Sight. At that time for sure. Yeah. I mean, for sure. I mean, it was, I was shooting Married at First Sight every other day. Well, I it really, wasn't like you were just shooting it. You, you were part of the creation of that show. There was no... Well, I wouldn't go that far. But there would be... I mean, there's there wouldn't have been an after show as successful as it is if it wasn't for you. I truly believe that because... Oh, that's sweet. No one, no one is... No one stays on for nine, ten seasons if if they're not good or if the show's not doing good. Yeah, no, that's true because it started off digital. So it was just on like YouTube for yeah. five minutes and then it went on. They did like a test on television to see if it would hold its own basically on TV. And it was only for like 15, 20 minutes or something. And then it just kept on getting longer. And then it was a regular, yeah. you know, like... 13 episodes. Yeah, it was a staple. I mean, it was a real, yeah. And it's so that was my whole identity was working, married at first sight, and um, being a mom. And so basically, the whole, and just married at first sight in general. Like that was just, I mean, every show that I was shooting was affiliated with married at first sight. Mm -hmm. I was the host of that show and I was took such pride in it because that really was my dream and I really enjoyed doing it. And I would really bend my back to make sure that I was there to host every single episode, regardless of if I was sick, if I was pregnant, if I just had a baby, if COVID was happening, I would bend my back to be there to make sure their host was there whenever they needed me. And I mean- you're talking what viewers see, which is maybe 15 minutes, is actually a 12, 13-hour day total, like total of, of filming for so, you. So, But needless to say, 
all of this to say that I genuinely believe and I'm thankful to God that I did get the boot from that show because I needed it. I needed someone to tell me to stop working. And I feel like that was like, God, like I could almost cry because I remember even saying, you know, back then I remember saying, so if they could just like, like just fire me, like stop giving me these opportunities because I don't know how to say no. I, I don't know how to let go of an opportunity when all my life I've been begging for opportunities. And now that I finally have, have them, it feels wrong to let an opportunity pass up that where I could be doing something to support my children, to help them have a college fund, to support my husband and, and my retirement. Like it just would make zero sense to me to say no, but yet I was just working myself into a, into the ground. And which is then where I was like, if I could just die for like a couple of days and then catch my breath and then come back, that'd be fabulous. And I'm like, what kind of twisted thoughts? And I'm fully aware that's a twisted thought, but it was just, it was so darn much. And so I think the best thing, I feel like God was like, girl, you need a reset in life. And I was not exactly, uh, you know, I, I don't, I feel like I didn't, it hurt to like go through that because I felt like my whole identity was gone when I was no longer married at first sight's host. And I found out in the oddest way, like from a previous yeah. cast member, rather than like after working. I think that made it worse. For years and years and years. And literally being a champion for Married at First Sight, and I still am, I've got to tell you, like I am still forever be thankful. We wouldn't have each other or our kids. But yeah. that hurt when a cast member told me and no one from production, no one from the team took 10 minutes to just give me a call and be like, Hey Jamie, you know, we went a different direction until they knew you found out they were already like filming with the new host. And I was like, you gotta be kidding me right now. Like this is wild. And like, that's when I realized also, and this comes back to the same message I was saying before, the same exact thing is don't seek validation or approval from anyone else. Truly not your husband, not your kids, not your parents, not your best friend, your cousin and no one, because you just, I thought these were my friends. Like I really thought these producers were like family. They literally said, Oh, you're my best friend when they called me to tell. And I'm like, really? Cause if that's how you treat a best friend, that's awful, you know? Yeah. And so you gotta be able to be your own friend first and your own, like you gotta be able to love yourself. And you know, I really believe that it took me going back to church and like trusting in God that like he had a purpose for my life and that there was a reason that all this was happening and I still can't figure it out yet. But, um, I believe that <laughs> there was a reason that this all happened. And one day I hope to, I hope he uses me to, to be able to I don't know, to share about it in a way that helps others because I couldn't have went through all that for nothing. But I guess the biggest thing, the one thing I can, this like kind of just like screaming at me to want to share with you listening. And if you're still listening, thanks for hanging with us. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I had a whole outline of things to talk about Yeah, and I was like, well, actually, Doug, I really want to talk about this because I'm really truly like, and if you followed us at all, then you know that, man, I've had some issues the past few years. And I think I, I read somewhere that, um, and I don't read a lot. I'm not a, a big reader, but I think I did read somewhere, uh, and something that stuck with me is um, until, like, taking care of yourself should be number one. Because if you can't take care of yourself and you're not at the top of your game or anything, how could you possibly take care of others? Yeah. Um, and it was... It was kind of like a parenting uh, book, I think it was, where it's just like, if, if make sure you're okay, because if you're not okay, how could you possibly take care of somebody else? 
Yeah, that is so true. And I feel like um, I, I'm just really thankful that it's taken me a couple of years, which I can't, I can't believe that. Like, I'd like to think I'm stronger than that, but that's okay. Like I'm getting stronger. It's but not something you could do overnight. Yeah. It's taken me a few years, but I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm back. Like I'm back to being strong, but this time I feel like I have boundaries. I know who puts me first in their life, which really comes down to just my husband and my children. And I, it's, it's wild to think I really don't have friends who put me first, you know, or family really. I mean, maybe my sister, um, and maybe, you know, Diana. Um, but that's, it's, it's a really, so it's interesting when you have like this community of like you listening right now on the podcast and, um, like Instagram and on TikTok and YouTube, you know, we have followers and that's my community, but Um, and I, and so now you'll know why I really appreciate you and really am so thankful to have you because I don't have a lot of people in my circle right now. I really don't. And I know that some people have, you know, like friends that they've been friends with. Like we were just at that Nashville at the family made event and, um, Maddie Jackson, who we had on our podcast, she was there and she was just telling me that all her, I actually started reading her book uh, after we had her on the podcast and it was, what was her book's title? It was, it's like turning lemons into lemonade. Oh, uh, Lemons on Friday. Lemons on Friday. That's right. And um, it's a really good book, by the way. And I just like reading how she has all these friends, like this community of support. And I'm like, I couldn't even imagine what that's like. Like I have no idea, but in this new chapter of my life I am true I'm instead of like chasing friends that like or people that I think should be my friends or I want to be my friends I am switching the focus to people who are making time for me people who go out of their way for me I will then make time for them and go out of my way for them and whether it's family or a stranger like that's what I'm doing in this life because I want to have my people like I want I want to be able to have that person I can call up and be like, hey, my kids are, you know, one kid's running late at this practice. I need someone to pick up the other one can or even vice versa. Like I want it would feel so good if someone said to me, hey, can you grab my kids tonight? Because I'm running late and I and like they trusted me enough to do that. I mean, when Todd got that that um, message from a friend, we were like, wow, they trust us. Like, wow, this is great. We yeah, have remember, a friend. I remember coming home and telling you that. Yeah. And, and we were both like, wow, that's like, so great. I was like, yeah, it was, it was kind of amazing because that's the first time that something like that has happened in Florida. Yeah. And we've really been praying for that community and whatnot. And so all of this to say to you listening, first and foremost, like when I say we truly value and appreciate you, yes, we do. Um, but also, All of this to say. But also, if you're struggling in that boat as well, like if you're feeling, if you feel any bit of that, well, first, and well, actually, let me say if you don't, because you have that sense of community with a couple people, God bless awesome. you. Like, I hope you know in your bones how blessed you are, because that that is everything in life. Like truly when people say that like good friends and family is what life is all about. I mean, that is the truth. True connections. Because like I said, we, I live in a house now where the roof is like 
it's a fancy roof and big rooms and two air conditioning units (laughs) and all the things that doesn't bring happiness. I've gone on many, many trips around the world. That doesn't bring like true happiness. It brings momentary happiness, but it doesn't bring true happiness. The one thing that brings true happiness is like cuddling with my kids in bed. And my daughter, my daughter last night, Doug was playing pickleball. So I had the kids and Henley goes, we were watching Christmas Chronicles too. And the Santa, she's getting so curious about Santa. And I'm like, God, please just a couple more years where the magic is is still there. I'm not telling her it is never okay. When is it okay? I want to be the one to tell her Uh, that Santa's not real. I don't, I feel like I don't want to wait until some, you know, no, Doug, we're never person in school says it. And then, and then we we turn out to be the liars. Well, listen, she's only six. And that's so crazy because so yesterday we're sitting in bed watching Christmas Chronicles and I'm working while she's doing that. But the thing about movies is that I feel like they don't know if I'm working. And so it makes me feel a little bit better. And when, you're sitting next to Exactly. Them. And like they're like immersed in the TV and I'm just like working on, I mean, honestly, to tell you the truth, my Instagram captions can take me an hour to two hours to write because I, I write them all myself. I know that some people have teams for these things, but mm-hmm. I'm so particular about, we don't. yeah, we don't because, and maybe I need to have a team. <laughs> maybe I should give some of that up, but like, that's me. Like that's the real me. And I'm like, I don't know. How do you give that up to someone? But anyways, this is say I'm like you I know, always think it's a compliment when people say oh Jamie must have wrote that for him oh really? I always take that as a compliment oh, if I write say that, if I, yeah if I write something I don't run his social yeah, media if I if I write something you're kidding under, me I'd have no time yeah, yeah people always uh will say oh looks like Jamie wrote him another one and I was like well, well that's a compliment <laughs> that's really Thank you. that's really funny yeah. I actually don't monitor his either because I've never seen that but um and then for hot marriage cool parents we do each like try to help with hot marriage, cool parents. And then we also do have someone who we send content to, to help us post it. But nine times out of 10, we're right on top of it because to us, social media in this podcast and all of this is very personal to us. I mean, it's like, we are truly sharing our hearts and our lives and it's, you know, but I do see some value and I can see like, I'm, you know, prepping for baby number three. I'm like, how can I not work that hard where I'm constantly in the ground? I'm like, I have to give up some of these things. Like I can't, I can't make every reel myself. I can't make every post myself. I can't write every single caption myself and record every podcast. So like where, where can I, and I'll figure that out. I'm not pregnant yet, but I feel like that's probably why God hasn't allowed us to get pregnant is that I, I needed to have this revelation of like, and I, I think it's amazing. Yeah. And I mean, I'm every day, I guess you can only get better, but I, and I kind of had a feeling, I mean, of course I knew I was like really like hurting, but I just, I just feels good to know that like I have some boundaries in place and then I'm really getting to the other side. And so if you're in the midst of like depression and anxiety and stress, and even if the reason is a little different than mine, I just want you to know that there is hope and you will get to the other side. And honestly, it has taken me years. So if you are years into it and you're like, there's just never going to be, I mean, I, at one point I'm like, does this ever end? Like, I remember I talked to this one influencer friend I have and she said, you know, it takes about, it took 18 months for my postpartum depression to, to wear, to like let up. And I was like, I remember being like, okay, so the 18 month mark is coming. I'm going to feel good soon. And then it was like two years. And I'm like, okay, it's gotta be coming up, you know? And then Hendrix is now three. And at three, I started to feel a little bit better. And now that he's like three and a half, I'm like, okay, I really see the light at the end of the tunnel. Like it's taken me that long after having Hendrix. So 
<sighs> so if you're in the midst of it, hang tight. Honestly, turn to yourself and, and, and just listen to your body. Listen to what you really need. Like if you're feeling tired, allow yourself to rest. Rest is so important. It really is. Yeah. And, if, and self-reflection. And also nurture your body with the foods that you eat, like truly. And not for nothing, but spirituality is really, really important. So whether you're meditating and, and also gratitude is so important. Being thankful for what you do have, because like I said, you can have all the things, but if you're not thankful for anything, you have a sense of loss. And I think that was my biggest problem was that I was so focused on, is my husband cheating? Uh, why was I fired from married at first sight? What did I do wrong? Like, you know, all these negative things. And also my son, you know, going through those seizures and all that. I'm like, did I do, what did I do wrong? You know, just all yeah. these things that were so negative. And instead of that, I need to be like to focus on gratitude and thankfulness because I'm telling you what you put out into the universe really does come back to you. And when the so Bible true. says, ask and you shall receive, it is so true. So if you're focusing on and just constantly almost like asking for like these negative things, they're going to come to you. So instead switch your thinking and start thinking of the things that you have to be grateful for. And I think that that's really helpful. Yeah. Well, I'm really proud of you and I'm Thank glad you. that you got that off. Cause, um, I think that's, that's been such a, a weight on you. Yeah. Like it truly felt like, I don't know if it was, I I feel like it it needed like that needed to come from you. I don't think any therapy or any amount of people helping you realize that would have even worked. Yeah. I think it had to come from you and that's amazing. And honestly what I what I really think is that it came from God. Like instead of me, you know, instead of me constantly trying to figure it out, I just had to like, I just had to like let go. Cause I was like, I just haven't figured it out. And I'm just constantly in a state of disarray and disorganization and overwhelm and anxiety and stress. And so the one thing that I didn't have was community. And I talked, we talked about this several times mm -hmm. here on the podcast is like, you know, we, we, I felt like we've had it all, but community. And so we're still building that, but also like having a relationship with God has been really, really, truly life-changing for me. And I'm not here to like push that or anything, but it has genuinely been life-changing for me. So, um, but I love you regardless of, you know, what your faith is, of course, because I didn't for a long time. So like I, I would want someone to have loved me then I will. And also that is what God says is to love everyone. So yeah. anyways, um, Thank you so much for those of you listening. Like truly when Melody came up at backstage at that event and um, and just noticed the fact that we didn't post last yeah. week, I was like, wow, thank you. Like you really that's are- That's been on the top of my that's mind. That's so sweet that you even that noticed. Yeah. I'm like, okay, well, we, were, we are posting for you, Melody. <laughs> we yes. are sharing for you. And you know, there are gonna be times uh, in the future that we might have to miss a week or two, but not two, just mm. a week. Yeah. Um, but Here it's not, there. yeah, so it's not going to be often. Um, We're going to try not to for a Many while. people do seasons and they'll do like 10 seasons and then take or, a break. Or 10 episodes or, that's per what I meant, season. 10 episodes yeah. per season. But we have never done that. We always just mm -hmm. post or record and then post every week. Yeah. And so. And um, a lot of times we 
talk about what we're currently doing. So yeah. sometimes it's tough to plan ahead. Yeah. But needless to say, uh, if you have a minute and you want to give us a five-star review, I would absolutely love that. Let yes. us know what you like from the podcast, what you want to hear more of. Or who. And, yeah. Or who. Doug is dying to get some more guests on. Now that Married at First Sight has, is back, I feel like we should start recapping it. Let, let us know if you're, you would be interested in that. I feel like this season is very interesting. This season is crazy. It is very interesting already. So um, I, yeah. I I would be pumped to to do a little recap. We haven't. I definitely. We should know, do that for next week. Yeah, when I got the boot from Married at First Sight as the host, I just kind of stopped watching it because honestly, mm-hmm. it hurt to watch it. I was like, I felt rejected every time anything Married at First Sight came up. I, yeah. which is ridiculous. Like it's just business, and that's the thing with Hollywood that you well, gotta I mean, get used to. That's I think everybody goes. I, I went through that with with baseball. You know, like when, after I got hurt for the second time and, and didn't make it, like I was bitter yeah. towards baseball for so long. Like yeah. I didn't watch it. I didn't want to see it because I was seeing guys that I played with and guys that I would, that I just, you know, like I just felt like I was better than and just <laughs> seriously, it was really Confident tough over here. Well, it was really tough to watch. Well, I mean, when, when you play, no, I get that. I when get you that. play with people at, at that level and then you see them get drafted and have success and you're just like, you know, like. Yeah, it just was rough. Yeah, but I, you know what? That's where forgive, forgiveness comes in. And, and gratitude. And gratitude, gratitude, yeah. And even if it's forgiveness to yourself, you know, because you got hurt and so you kind of lost that opportunity because of, you know, so you can forgive yourself. Yeah. And, and oh my gosh. Well, it's so much guilt to like thinking that you could have done more. Like, yeah. That's what I always, that's what always got to me. Yeah, that must be so rough. I can't even imagine. Yeah. I was never that good at sports, so I never had that, that opportunity. <laughs> but I'll tell you what, I'm getting pretty good at pickleball over here. Yeah, you are. Thank you. I have a tournament tomorrow, so wish You've me luck. consistent. Yeah. <laughs> yes. All right, guys. Well, we are pumped that you came back to listen to us, even though we took a week off. We took off another week, I don't know, a couple weeks ago. So thank you so much for being here for us, and we are here for you as well. I hope you have a great week. We Bye. love you. Bye. See ya. See ya.